seconds. Two seconds. Riddell all the way outside to Watford. Three on the way. Oh! And one in! And one in! And then the other way for the ball game! Welcome to an, a post-game, uh, you could call it an emergency podcast, uh, The Hoosier Experience. My name is Aiden Kunst, and today I'm joined by two uh, recurring guests on the show. You may know them, Griffin Healy and JJ Post. Both guys have been on the show already this year, and we are talking Indiana-Wisconsin, which just, which just wrapped up about an hour ago. Indiana losing that game in double overtime, 73-80. to 80. Wisconsin, obviously the eighth-ranked team in the country. IU unranked coming into this game, you know, without Armand Franklin. Really, really fun game. Uh, JJ's a Wisconsin guy. Griffin's an IU guy. Boys, how we doing? My heart's a bit, uh, a bit uh, on edge, but you know, other than that, I think I survived. I'm, I'm alive, which is always a good thing after one of these uh, double overtime games. Uh, not the most stress-free game, I'd say, on either side, to say the least. Um, you know, I'm personally happy that we, you know, we came out on top. I don't know how. You know, I'd imagine you, you and Griffin have may have a bit of dissimilar reactions to that final score. You know, at, uh, at this point, I'm just happy to be out alive. You know, every game in the Big Ten is a big one. You can't take any games for granted in the conference that is, you know, especially this year, so stacked top to bottom. You know, every game is competitive. Every game is, you know, a, a battle. And, you know, just to be out alive, you know, one more in the W column, on to the next one. That's kind of the mentality I think you just got to take. And you always look – you can't look past the opponent you're uh, looking at. And, uh, you know, you just got to be happy to leave, uh, uh, leave the game with a dub. Yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, like JJ said, I do have a dissimilar reaction. I am not happy that the Hoosiers have another one in the L column, but the way that they performed tonight, I cannot really honestly complain. Now, ob- obviously, with the absence of Armand Franklin and battling the eighth-ranked Badgers who are in the nation, I mean, it's go- it was for sure what you and I thought would be a 14-15 point loss, Aiden, but yep. the fact that we were able to force it into double overtime without Armand Franklin, who has been one of our most consistent players on the team, and Trace Jackson Davis, who carried the points with 23 points, I mean, I really can't complain with how this game went. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, JJ, I got to ask you, who is Tyler Wall and why is he a dream crusher for Griffin and I? This guy, unbelievable. What What is this? Who is this guy? I mean... Uh- Tyler Wall is, you know, you know, yeah, I, I know of an old phrase of, you know, growing up watching the Giants games, uh, Bob Pappas, he's one of, and, and uh, calling the games, one of the favorite phrases would be the unlikely suspect. Tyler Wall was tonight's unlikely suspect. You yeah. know, he's a young forward, you know, you, you know, he's a, he's a good player. You know, we've seen him in games where he can play. He's not the guy you expect in the double overtime to hit those two threes. So I was just surprised as everyone when, you know, big Tyler Wall steps up, drains the two threes, from Lake Mendota and puts Wisconsin up top. I'm not against it, but you know, if you want to talk about a guy that, you know, Badger fans, you, you told them to pick five guys on the roster that might hit the crucial three walls, not even on that top five. He's a good player. But if you ask someone who's going to hit the game winning long range shot, it's not going to be Tyler, but you know, all credit to him. He's, you know, he took his chance. He stepped up. He didn't, he's a sophomore. He didn't hesitate when he had the open shot, he stepped back, nailed it. And, you know, I mean, that's the kind of mentality I think, that uh, you really need to find in a game like the Big Ten. Like we said, you can't take a game for granted. You can't miss your chances. You know, being a young player who can uh, just go up to the line. Now, you saw also with uh, Jackson Davis, too, a young player who's not afraid to seize whatever chance he gets. And that's what we saw um, from Jackson Davis and Walt say, you know, just taking their chances, um, making the most of every opportunity. 
Yeah, so, you know, this one seemed like a fairly boring game in the first half. I, what was it, 20 – believe it was 29 24 at the break um yeah and wisconsin obviously leading indiana goes on just a a small little run right before the half that gives them a little bit of momentum and you know it feels like they they might be able to to keep it close uh and you know other than a disaster four minutes uh griffin in which in which christian lander enters the ball game for indiana the guy who He's obviously a five-star freshman. I'm tweeting about him pregame, like, hey, like, I need, let's see Christian get some more minutes. He comes in for four minutes and was was objectively a disaster out there, 0 for 3, missed, airballed a three-pointer, uh, got a, an assist. It was a cheapo assist, only minus two in the plus minus that I'm looking at, which is, is kind of surprising to me because it felt like he was just so detrimental uh, to this team in in the little bit that he played. You know, Griffin Christian really struggling. Um, obviously, a guy who came out early from high school. He disappointed me, as he has done all year, quite frankly, uh, in this game. And, and I thought we might get a little more out of him. But what we ended up getting was uh, nine points on three of six, three-point shooting from Anthony Leal, who played 35 minutes, was plus five, the only guy who was plus in the plus-minus for Indiana. So, you know, what was kind of your takeaway from the from the freshman minutes uh, who, who, you know, pretty much the freshman other than Drum Hunter were the entire bench for Indiana. What did you think about Leal's performance juxtaposed to Lander, who was obviously extremely disappointing versus Leal, who, who kind of took us all by surprise? Yeah, well, Anthony Leal, I mean, he definitely took me by surprise. That man is able to shoot threes and can take the pressure. And he is not afraid to get physical. We saw him going after a couple of Wisconsin players, and we also saw him take a couple of penalties. But this man is definitely going to be a great addition for the Hoosiers. And in game with games like this one, he will earn more minutes into his freshman season. Now, Christian Lander, if I'm not mistaken, there was a stat. I think he went five for 21 so far in his career, which is not a good look at all, especially for someone who is a five-star. I think Lander has the potential to become a key uh, key player for the Hoosiers in the future, but right now I don't know if he's able to take the pressure of like battling these Big Ten teams. I mean, he literally skipped uh, high, like what he skipped to come straight to college. I mean, yeah. I don't know if he's necessarily ready, but I mean, I'm hoping for the best, obviously. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I was texting back and forth with a buddy of mine. It was like you know, yeah, I'm really just like feel bad for him because obviously it seems his confidence is kind of at an all-time low. You know, he's watching guys like Leo and Galloway get a lot of time who are in his class who were rated up to 100 spots lower than him in the recruiting rankings, which which kind of tells you, you know, why you don't, don't take recruiting rankings so seriously as we all do. So we get into, you know, the end of the game and, and Trace kind of has a stretch where he goes beast mode. He's going back and forth with Roivers. That was a really nice sequence. Um, and then we get into, you know, the end of the game where there was overtime period. Um, I thought Indiana's execution down the stretch was what did them in as far as I, I just couldn't understand why they kept switching Trace Jackson Davis onto, onto Trice. And I thought that was where they killed him because Trice was just cooking uh, Trace when they switched. They, they just switched screens every single time. Trice got whatever he wanted. Um, he had a really nice game. It feels like he's been – in college forever. JJ, what'd you see from Trice? Is that just kind of par for the course from, from that guy? 
Yeah, I mean, we, we talked earlier about the youth taking chances. I think Trice is kind of the, the inverse of that, you know, when experience is uh, really, you know, the, the fact that, you know, a senior, a, you know, a veteran you know, in the college sense, you know, really stepping up for the moment, uh, a player you can rely on. Trice was has been that guy all year for the Badgers. You know, some of the other core of this team, you know, the seniors, you know, Nate Rubers in particular, um, kind of have been the players that, you, you, you know, consistency has been a struggle. You know, you, you don't know what you're going to get from them. Ruber's gotten to uh, double-digit points today, but he, he wasn't on his best game all day, nor as he has been really all season. And that was a player we expected to step up. Trice is the opposite of that. He's a guy that we expected to come in, be a focal point of the offense, lead the team. He's a senior. He's going to handle the ball. He's going to be a guy that you can rely on. And he's done that today, and he's done that all season. And, uh, you know, Trice is, you know, I think this is kind of the exact game you want to get out of a, you know, a senior guard who uh, really – needs to control the game. Uh, that was what Trice's job was today. And that was the job he uh, excelled in and then did a little more, you know, throwing in the assist. He got a couple rebounds. He got 21 points, obviously. Um, so that this is the game that you need from your senior leaders and Trice uh, stepped up to the plate today. Yeah, he absolutely did. And, and I'm just seeing on Twitter, like a reminder that he can come back for yet another year uh, with this COVID eligibility. So he, he could potentially be almost 26 years old by the next, uh, the, the end of next year's season. And, and that's kind of the calling card for Wisconsin, right? Like I've, I've not watched a lot of this team, hardly any of this team. And, and I'm watching them tonight. I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, these guys are not spectacular, but they're old and they're experienced and, and they're ultimately going to, I just kept thinking they're going to pull this one out the longer we let this go. And, and that was kind of Indiana's issue. They kept letting it go further and further. They have a botched, you know, possession where I, I guess the play call was for Durham to get an isolation on the left side. Finnessy like gets in his way. Durham gives away a jump ball. They then throw up a full court. I think that was the end, at the end of regulation. And then at the, the end of the next overtime, that that shot from Davison nearly goes down. Um, Griffin, your, your thoughts as that shot from Davison rolled around the rim three or four times there. I, I was, I, I was, I was scared, man. I thought that one was going down and, and I felt pretty good, honestly, about the team's chance to win obviously I was proven wrong on that front but man that was a scary moment and I just kept, I thought Indiana just kept, kept letting them hang around in, in a game that and that kind of felt like the Hoosiers really outplayed Wisconsin for a lot of this game yeah especially in that first overtime I mean we not we the Hoosiers really had control and obviously Trey, Trace Jackson Davison Al Durham have been dominant throughout that and to see Davison just rim like hit the rim like a little bit of my stomach just dropped I was just not ready to see a game-winning shot go in and uh, the fact that it went out I I just thought to myself that we really we severely messed up by letting Wisconsin have the control at the very end and we could have lost on a game winner like that yeah it was basically that like that Gordon Hayward one against Duke in the the championship a few years back um I don't know. I just don't feel that. I know I've seen some Indiana fans who are, who are frustrated. You know, I feel like this was, I, I know Archie Miller wouldn't say it, but it is almost the moral victory of moral victories in that, you know, you go on the road to a place you haven't won in your last 17 tries. That's now 18, obviously, against a really good team, really veteran team without your best perimeter player. And you take them to double OT and, and ultimately kind of falter in the end. Um, JJ, what was your kind of impression of, of Indiana as far as uh, a competitive team that, that kind of hung around with you guys uh, down one of their better players? Certainly, I was more than impressed, especially, you know, as you mentioned, you know, they, this was not a full strength in the Indiana team. Either. This was an Indiana team that had been handicapped, you know, before the game. You knew they were going to come in with a, you know, with all the respect to who they did put out a weakened lineup. This was not their best lineup possible. 
Uh, so I was more than impressed with the fact that, you know, they came out, they controlled, like you said, I fully agree. They controlled large portions of this game. Um, Wisconsin, you know, has a tendency to play down to their competition. I'm not sure today was all of that. I think today was as much Wisconsin playing down as Indiana playing up. They looked prepared, you know, they came out, they played, uh, they played good basketball as you know, they, they were clearly had a plan for uh, Rovers and, you know, they, they made him uh, not a non-factor per se, but they handled him well. I think they, uh, you know, they handled the parts of the game that you really can handle. They, you know, some things are always inevitable in that, you know, the Wisconsin has a bigger depth, you know, but Indiana's bench, you know, that was a, another thing that surprised me. They came right. in with a lot of energy, Indiana's bench, you know, you kind of expected that that's where Wisconsin gets the edge. They have a deeper team, you know, they can go to the back options and they can look at the 10 men deep and that's going to be where they outflank Indiana. But Indiana's bench, I thought was the better of the two uh, reinforcing. They came in with a lot more energy, a lot more uh, hustle, a lot more, you know, dynamicism than Wisconsin's bench did. So I was really impressed that Indiana not just put up a fight, but uh, actively, you know, dominated this game for stretches at times. And especially in portions of the game where you kind of expect them to falter off uh, and uh, kind of show the weaknesses of a team that does not have uh, the experience and the depth that Wisconsin, you know, that, that's the calling card of. Griff, I mean, this, this is, this is an encouraging result, right? Yeah, absolutely. This uh, game gave me way more, not way more, but it gave me more faith in the Hoosiers and what they could do to not only just like the big 10, but what they could like, we could see in the future for them. I mean, they beat Maryland with like Maryland hasn't been as good. They lost by 20 to Iowa. And we were able to, again, continue without Armand Franklin and keep it close with a nationally ranked team. I mean, it was just simple mistakes that kept the Hoosiers from winning it. Yeah. It was execution down the stretch, I think for sure. Um, and, and Archie yeah. said as much in that post post game press conference, um, you know, when you look at Indiana's upcoming schedule, they go to Nebraska, they're home for Purdue, and then they they rattle off a, a six-game stretch where they play just ranked teams um, before hosting Northwestern, going to Ohio State, hosting ranked Minnesota, hosting Michigan State, and then going to Rutgers. It's a brutal uh, stretch as any Big Ten team schedule would be. Um, you know, so I'm kind of thinking to myself, like, you know, you have to steal some of these games um, if you're Indiana, if you want to make the tournament, and I think that is kind of just the bar right now. Uh, for Indiana, because this team is certainly talented enough to make the tournament. They should make the tournament. Um, and if they don't, you know, I think Archie Miller will, will be in a bit of trouble. Uh, as far as Wisconsin, obviously, they're, they're going to make the tournament. They're going to be a highly ranked seed. I don't really have any worry about them. But with Indiana, there is some concern because, you know, they don't really have a, a signature win yet. Uh, they have some, some good wins, certainly, uh, but they've lost, you know, to, to the better teams that they played. And, and this was, again, an example of that. But doesn't it make you feel, uh, Griffin, like, you know, we're going to get one of these games. I don't know if it's, you know, this year we're expected to beat both Nebraska and Purdue. Either one of those losses would, would likely be an upset. But, you know, it doesn't feel like we could go on the road to Michigan State and win that game. Um, you know, beat Rutgers at home, beat potentially Illinois at home, who we played closer uh, earlier in this season. Iowa, we get twice, one at home, one on the road. You know, it just kind of feels like this team, and, and especially once they get Franklin back, is knocking on the door of a few of these big wins that I think are necessary for them to get to the tournament where they want to go. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of these games, I mean, not even like that it can be like, I guess, a steel game. It has to be a steel Yeah, game. no, it has to be. Yeah, it absolutely has to be. And I mean, um, yeah, there are some teams who have played down that we could easily beat, such as the uh, Rutgers game 
the Rutgers team that played, what was it, two nights ago against Michigan State, where they were lost to an embarrassing at 68 to 45. Yeah. I mean, like, if Rutgers continues to play in a trend like that and their number, I don't know what they're ranked now if they've dropped from 15, but I mean, if they continue to play like this, that has to be one of our steel games. And again, like you said, if Purdue or Nebraska, uh, either one of them or both beat Indiana while on the road or home, it's Archie, over. It's over. Archie is in absolute trouble. I mean, like, he's been, he has a talented squad. He has a great team, but he has kept it too close, but not close enough with ranked teams. And those are the games we keep losing. If we want to be taken seriously and go to the tournament with a decent ranking, we need to beat these teams. We can't just have all these turnovers. We can't just have, like, one-point games or going into two overtimes. We need to finish the job. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think you make a good point there. Um, you know, guys, looking around the Big Ten, kind of getting away from this game, JJ, who do you think is, you know, if we're, if we're obviously Wisconsin's not the highest-ranked team, but they're, they're up there in that top tier – do you look at Illinois? Do you look at Iowa? Who, who do you look at as, as kind of the biggest threat to the Badgers getting another uh, Big Ten title this season? Obviously, it's not Indiana, uh, even though they did just play you close. You know, who, who do you kind of look at there? I mean, Michigan State's now, I guess, starting to turn it around. Rutgers maybe is in that mix. I just like talking about the Big Ten because I think there's a lot of fun teams to discuss and, and break down. You know, Michigan's in that mix. Where do you kind of rank some of those teams as, as it relates to who you think can, can knock off Wisconsin as we get down the stretch here? Yeah, I fully agree. I think Big Ten, you know, a bit of bias here. I think Big Ten is far and away the most fascinating this year conference in basketball because if, if you have probably, I'm looking at this, you know, the, looking at the Big Ten, I'm thinking you got probably six or seven teams who you could make a solid case for being legitimate contenders at the Big Ten title. And for all of them, like different teams, and I didn't need, that doesn't even include Northwestern, who for a stretch of three games looked like world right. beaters. I'm not sure Northwestern's actually good personally, but you know, there have been teams like Northwestern, like Rutgers, who have turned, like Minnesota, who have turned it on for like three games and really looked like, wow, this team could really compete for something big this year. And then there's just as many games in which, you know, like Northwestern got destroyed by Illinois today. Iowa just uh, barely got away out of Rutgers and the Rutgers team that got obliterated by Michigan State, who's currently below Ohio State in the standings. So really, I mean, you look at the Big Ten, and, you know, I it's hard to tear them at this point. At this point, as much as it pains me to say, I probably consider Michigan in the top tier. I consider okay. Wisconsin in the top tier, Illinois in the top tier, and tentatively Iowa in the top tier. And that, that would be my big four as, the you know, the, the main threats. Below that, I think I'd have Rutgers. Um, Rutgers obviously fading. But I, I still do have faith in um, Steve Peichel. I have faith in Rutgers rebounding. Once they get Cliff Omarugi back, Ron Harper Jr. obviously had a knock that he was dealing with. Um, I think Michigan State's still a very good team. I, I'm not really sure what at this point I'm supposed to expect game in and game out from them because they've been all over the place. But I still I have faith in their you know the talent on that team. I still consider them a t- tier two team. Northwestern and Minnesota confuse me because they both surprised me. And I was, you know, if you asked me this question a week ago, I'd be like, yeah, no, Northwestern, Minnesota, solid tier two contenders. But both of them have looked really bad for the last week. Northwestern, obviously, as we mentioned before, suffering a just an embarrassing second half defeat to Illinois today. But, you know, you can't, you know, the first half they didn't look good. And, you know, you don't know what happened in the hot locker room. If the Illinois just made good changes, what, why Northwestern fell apart. Minnesota got blasted by Iowa. They got blasted by Wisconsin. 
so it's hard to really consider them, a, you know, with the second tier. So I think if I'd add a team to the second tier, it would be Northwestern. Ohio State appears to be a sleeper. Um, you know, they, they've had some impressive wins. They've had some stinkers. Indiana, I still think, is a very good team. I'm not sure where exactly they would stand in that second to third tier, but I'm, I've been impressed by Indiana from what I've seen this season. Like you've mentioned before, they don't really have a signature win yet, which is a difficult, you know, to quantify them. But they haven't looked bad, I think, in many games either. Like, you know, you look at Indiana, I don't think that they've had many performances that would stand out as, wow, they really, you know, flat out suck today, you know, which is in the Big Ten, you know, as ridiculous as it is, something of an anomaly. You know, there aren't many teams that can say, well, at least we've been consistent. That's not a, a that's not a consistent factor in the Big Ten, which is, you know, for Indiana, I think, ironically, because usually, you know, being consistently about average isn't a good thing. In the case of Indiana, I think it's a pretty big positive because you haven't you haven't seen that they can collapse yet. Maybe it'll happen. I don't think this team is built to collapse. I'm hoping for your guys' sake that uh, it doesn't happen. Right now, I consider Indiana a team that, you know, to look out for. If they can steal a signature win, you got to put them in the conversation. They, they, they won't win a Big Ten title, but you got to put them in the conversation for a team that could, you know, enter the tournament as one of the Big Ten's most impressive teams. Well, and it's just so – it's so difficult when you look at, like – the you know Purdue being the fourth worst team you know if you just go by standings IU being the fifth worst team you know for these teams that are ranked highly you got to go to Assembly Hall you got to go to Mackey Arena against these teams that are that are competent and 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 could easily knock you off I, I get that there's no fans but it's just a crazy year where I think any number of these bottom feeder Big Ten teams would be like lock top five in other power conferences uh, specifically like the ACC which has struggled this year. Um, you know, Indiana, like you said, only losing big in one game, which was to Texas, who's proven themselves to be a, a top five team to this point. You know, the, the losses have been good, close to Wisconsin, close to uh, Illinois, close to Florida State. All three of those teams ranked. Obviously, the loss to Northwestern at home kind of stings. Um, but again, they were playing well at that point. You know, Griffin, where do you see Indiana fitting in in the, in the hierarchy of, of the Big Ten thus far? I mean, I, it's hard to really predict at this point because of how many games or against these top tier teams. Yeah, no, I completely agree because a lot of our losses come from teams that have just outplayed well. I mean, like you look at the Maui Invitational, our only loss comes from a ranked Texas. Uh, you look at Northwestern, they played well during that period when they beat us. You look at uh, Illinois, Illinois was ranked at that point. I mean, like, yeah, Indiana's record isn't great, but the teams that we've lost to are still solid. So, I mean, I think they're in the conversation to at least be in the tournament. But like you said earlier, I mean, we need a solid win. We can't just keep keeping it close. And right now I think we're tier three, maybe tier two, depending on like the team, like if we played against Maryland, but we did that in a solid week, we could be tier two, but yeah, it's just really hard. I mean, yeah, it's just hard to place it because the big 10 is probably the most inconsistent uh, conference out of the power five. Absolutely. And and I think <laughs> I'm reading this right, that Illinois just outscored Northwestern 53-13 in the second half of their game. Um, so, wow. Uh, Illinois, is, I, I'm impressed by Illinois. I think they, they have a little bit more, uh, just a little bit more playmaking, playmakers as far as with IU and Kofi than a team like Wisconsin does but I feel like Wisconsin is more reliable. So I don't know. Where does that line fall? The teams obviously haven't played yet. Um, Iowa just 
sick amount of shooting, uh, obviously to go along with Garza there with Bohannon, with Nunji, um, Frederick, uh, that whole group of guys is, is really incredible. Um, final thoughts on Indiana, Wisconsin, uh, which I thought was a really fun game to watch, to follow along with, um, you know, the, the little stretch there where it was Rivers and, and Jackson Davis going back and forth and Rivers was doing it you know, with the, the simple post hook and, and just kind of going to work like Wisconsin does. And, and then Jackson Davis was throwing down the dunk and, and going with the highlight plays. So, you know, I thought that was a fun stretch in the game. Trace kind of kind of fell off actually at the end, didn't have a field goal in the last six minutes of the game, which, which was probably the difference, honestly, for Indiana. Um, really like this Wisconsin team though. And, and I haven't seen a lot of them. Obviously I know you know, a lot of IU fans aren't, aren't the biggest fans of, of people like Brad Davis. I mean, I think the country is not a big fan of Brad Davison, uh, no. to be to be clear. <laughs> uh, but it, it's like a, a guy that you you'd love to have on your team and you hate to play against. Right. And, you know, I, I kind of now know what it feels like to be a Duke fan during the Grayson Allen era. Right. You know, you everyone else hates the guy, but you look at him like, wow, he really does help us win in these ways. And yeah. you know, yeah. you can ethically dispute them. We don't really care. We're going to keep winning games. So, you know, maybe we're the baddies. Who knows at this point? Yeah, I mean, I think Wisconsin, certainly, you know, you got all these these older guys, not, not a lot of flash, but but just a really good team. Yeah, Davison hitting that three. Uh, I didn't know he could come off screens like that, but he certainly showed that he could tonight. Uh, Griffin, final thoughts on on this moral victory from, from Indiana, double overtime moral victory? Uh, yeah, the moral victory. Um. Again, proud of this team. Glad that they can function without one of their most consistent stars. They've right. shown promise. Um, Trace Jackson Davis popped off as always. Um, really impressed with our freshman, Anthony Leal, and I cannot wait to see him for the next three to four years, depending when he decides to go into the draft. And um, I guess the one thing is, yeah, it was a moral victory in that sense, but also – IU needs to stop fouling a lot. I mean, Race Thompson already had two fouls in the beginning of the game, and it was, like, right after each other as well, which is not a good look. Yeah, that was a struggle because we didn't have a lot of depth, and, and four or three guys got four fouls with Hunter, who played pretty well, by the way, um, Leo and, and, and Thompson. Too. Yeah, yeah, Finnessy played well. Durham played well. It's like most of the guys played well. They just got outclassed. JJ, final thoughts? I'd say my final summary would be good but not good enough for both teams. For Wisconsin – you got out of there with a win. Good job. A home game. You got to chalk it up as a win, no matter who you're playing in the big 10, but looking forward against a Michigan team, you play like this, you're not going to beat Michigan, at least nope. the way Michigan's playing right now. So, you know, you live to, you live to another day, you live to fight another week in the top 10, but you know, you can't come with the same energy if you want to play Michigan, a red hot team. And for Indiana, good performance. You know, you came close to a very good Wisconsin team. You looked solid. There was no, uh, visible weakness you played well you matched up well but like we said all year it, it's not enough the signature win didn't come you know they lost double ot good fight but it wasn't there enough and you know i think both teams are gonna look at this like well you know we can take something out of it indiana can take you know like you mentioned the moral victory if even if archie miller won't ever say it the more you they can take the morally victory out of we played well against the team that measures up with the country's best theoretically and Wisconsin can take out of it. Well, we got to win. We're one step closer to that Big Ten title. But both of them are also going to look at this game with next game, we need to be better. Next game, we need to improve on the little things. Next game, we need to come out a little faster, a little more uh, you know, fluid. And if we don't make that next step, we're not going to get where we want to be. 
Absolutely. I'm getting a sense of like you, you talking down to me and Griffin here. Just, oh, you tried. You guys tried. You, you guys showed up. You, you, you I, was I was impressed, but I, uh, you know, I think if I'm an Indiana fan, I, I would want to be more than impressed at this stage with a loss. I, I get the sense that's every fan's feeling. Well, and in the bigger picture, the, this stage, meaning year four of Archie Miller's rebuild, but that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, well, uh, that's yeah, that's, that's a whole nother thing. Guys, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, Griffin, you'll be writing for the IDS News. You can find them there. JJ, I believe you're writing for Bucky's Fifth Quarter. Correct. Uh, find him there if you'd like some Wisconsin content. It's such a boring team. I'm not Unlikely. sure any, any of our IU fans would, would uh, want that. Not but, expecting many followers, but you know. But uh, yeah, hey, there you go. Go go go. Uh, follow him on Twitter at JJ Post. That's two J-A-Ys. Uh, and then Griffin Healy at the Griffin Healy. Shout out IU women's basketball, winning by 20 on the road. Good, close, moral victory by IU men's basketball. Boys, thanks for coming on. Uh, Appreciate it, as always.